If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Fishon Ahida. And I'm DeFi E250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP podcast that is not allowed to use Ducklet. DeFi, what's happening in PvP? I'm not playing Little <laughs> Element Cup is what's happening. Makes me sad without Ducklet. Poor, poor Nando. My poor Nando. Just sitting on the bench. Like, oh, mommy gets to give me some love. Oh, wait, where is she? I know. <laughs> so I'm playing the Ultra League instead, which is... You know, that's fine. I looked up some teams. Like, I kind of buzzed. I like to buzz around YouTube, buzz around Twitter, see what people are using, see if anything will work for me. Um, there's a team that I think it's Yusei used, but instead of a Shadow Dragonite, because I don't use Shadows, I just have a regular Dragonite, but he's using, like, a Dragonite, a Jellicent, and a Tapu Fini in Ultra League. I'm like, yeah. yeah that sounds really good. I can build those things. So Dragonite double water, like you got the Dragonite to cover the grasses, uh, bulky water type with the Jellicent, uh, coupled with the versatile water type in the Tapu Fini. Yeah, so that's kind of what I've been doing. I didn't play a ton right away because I've just had a lot on my plate lately, mm-hmm. but I did, I have played a little bit. I think I'm at rank 13. I'm maybe around like 55 out of 80, I want to say, battles one. So I'm doing well. I just haven't played a lot. Me, I, uh, I've been playing the open leagues. I we had a listener write in a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, named Artemis Dragon. He kind of pulled us up on like, well, shouldn't we, if we're like focused on the play Pokemon circuit, shouldn't we be like practicing an open great league? And I was like, yeah, 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 I, you're right, but <laughs> like. I do terribly, and I I care about that number. Uh, but you know when we don't have a number is right at the beginning of the season. So I have taken that opportunity to play Open Great League, and I just thought, you know, once it switched over to Open Ultra League, may as well keep it going. You know, everyone else has had a weak head start on the Element Cup remix. Uh, just keep that good, disciplined practice going, and get some uh, some reps in for ultra league as well so i've been doing both i've got my elo i started in like the 2100s uh climbed the next few days and then like yesterday i had a really bad day in ultra league and dropped about 100 points so i'm sitting at pretty much 2100 although i do have a 4-1 that i have yet to claim so that'll push me up a, a little bit more again nice i'm hoping yeah. Like, do you remember about how many battles it takes to get to your elo? Ooh, it kind of depends on the person. It depends on the win. Yeah. Wins at the end. Because actually there was someone in the, there were a couple of people in the GoCast Discord server who were comparing their stats. And there were two people that had the exact same battles won versus battles played. And yet one was ranked 20 and the other was ranked 18. So yeah, it um it really cuz uh a lot of a lot of that can happen because say you might get a 3-2 on one set and it'll give you just it'll and it'll put you just one win before the next rank and then you might get a 5-0 but you only need the one win. It doesn't count the next four towards, you know, the next rank after that. You basically if you're at rank 18 and you need one more win to get to rank 19, then it'll get you to rank 19, but it won't give you the next four wins towards rank 20. Makes sense. Um, I was wondering. Check- <laughs> it does. It makes sense. Um, 
But yeah, it depends on the person, depends on like where you hit those ranks. I'm mm. at 59 wins out of 85 battles, which is almost a 70% win rate. So I'm doing pretty well, even though I ha- and I'm at rank 14. So I cool. just cool. just double checked it. All right, hang on. Let me, let me give you a proper answer. So I'm at 175 out of 310. Okay, so, so I probably have a little bit of ways over. to go. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. No, it sounds like you're you're closing in on it. We'll get there. We'll Slow get there. <laughs> Slow and steady. That's right. It's uh, not a race. It's a marathon. So which is a race, but it's. And, <laughs> well, the next lap, regardless, is whether it's a race or a marathon, is Master League and Psychic Cup. So if you're interested in the Open Master League, your Master League top ten, Zygarde complete. If you have Zygarde complete, if you ever seen a Zygarde complete, please let us know. <laughs> but aside from that, Groudon, Giratina altered, Dragonite regular, and Shadow version. Xerneas, Shadow Mewtwo, Kiram, Meloetta, Rayquaza, and Zekrom. So that seems pretty consistent with mm. Master League before. I feel like and I see a lot of Kyogre as well in Open Masters uh, when I've tried to play it, yeah. usually with my Master Premier Pokemon because I have no legendaries to speak of. I see... Yeah, I tend to see, I see some Haxorus, Dialga, Lugia. So some of these ones that are kind of down on the rankings, I feel like are a little bit more popular. But that could depend on like what rank you're at, what you yeah, see. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I really wish I had a Hundo Kyogre because I feel like Kyogre is a Pokemon that does well against everything except the dragons. Uh, admittedly, there are a lot of dragons in Master League, but... Uh, you know, if you've got two dragon counters in your team, then you can kind of fit that Kyogre in and it can get you a lot of coverage there. Yeah, I wish I had any of these legendaries. I'm close. <laughs> I have the Rayquaza candy, but I don't have a Rayquaza I want to build. Um, same with, I have a Yvatel I'd be willing to build, but and I'm like almost there. Mm-hmm. I got I caught a Hundo Celestila tonight. That's certainly nowhere in the rankings. <laughs> rank 129 with I'm air slash sure. body slam and bulldoze and the open masters you could crush dragonites with that thing oh sure <laughs> so that's what's that living around with at like 139 where's celestila again i want to see like what it compared 129 hey, so what other pokemon that's by entei and Master League Glyscore. That's that's the usefulness of mm-hmm. the Hundo. Mm-hmm. The Hundo legendary I caught. Everything can so, beat something. Everything can beat something. What does Celesteela <laughs> beat? It can beat Garchomp, just barely. And it wow. barely beats Togekiss. It doesn't, like, just barely edges out a win against Togekiss. Three turns of difference can flip it. That, I think, is with the recommended move of Air Slash, though. If you give it Smackdown, which is another fast move, it knows maybe that makes that Togekiss matchup a little nicer. And it's also why I, I think it's really nice against Dragonite as well. Yeah. So that could be a fun surprise pick. I'm certainly not going to get the XL candy for that anytime soon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving right along. Psychic Cup is probably what I'm going to be playing at that time. Uh, I hope. We get Master Premier, right? I want to play Master Premier because I have Pokemon for Master Premier. We have that this season, I'm pretty sure it's coming. Okay. What is this? this? I'll go check the... Ooh, I don't know, DeFi. Do we not have it? Um, I'm looking at the calendar. It doesn't seem to have a Master League Premier. What is this nonsense? I got all excited. Boo. First, no Ducklet. Then no Master League Premiere. Finally, they're going to take double out of the the reward and catapult. I hate it. I hate (laughs) it so much. I want to play Master Premiere. I thought it was going to be later. Mm, I'm disappointed. Can we have it during Catch Cup? Because during Catch Cup, it's only Catch Cup Adventures Abound Edition. Give us Master Premiere Catch Cup. Yeah, I will guess that that's probably a typo. And that's what's meant to happen. Uh, I hope so. We also have, uh, there was that typo we pointed out before, which was um, they said that during Go Battle Weekend, they'd have Master League Premiere and a oh, single type cup, not catch cup, never mind. And they they do say 
in that that there's a Master League premiere, just not in the calendar. Are we taking the calendar as the as the gospel here or the explanations further down? Yeah, because it does say Master League premiere and single type cup. Which there's no single type cup this season either in the calendar, either. according to the calendar. Yeah, it would be all open leagues according to this calendar. I don't mm. know, Fish. We'll see. We'll wait. We'll have to wait and see. But if I don't get to play Master Premiere at all, I'm going to be kind of sad. Like, I hope they haven't completely yeah. done away with it. Yeah. Because it's it's an interesting meta. I like that meta a lot. All right. So moving back to what we do have, we've got, so the Psychic Cup, Mew is banned from this cup, the top 10. Now, I don't think anything's changed, and yet it still feels unfamiliar to me. Victini as number one. Bruxish as number two. Like, I know Bruxish kind of hit the scene last season, but I don't remember it being number two. Galarian Rapidash, Galarian Slowking, Malamar, Shadow Gardevoir, Alolan Raichu, Metacham, Cresselia, and Bronzong. Was Surf added since the last Psychic Cup? Surf uh, to Galarian Slowking? Yeah. And and the whole Slow family? That was during the Psychic Cup, and that was a big deal at the time because it... Like it was already a very small meta, but it just consolidated that meta to like four Pokemon. Uh, like all I ever saw from the moment that Com Day happened was Galarian Slowbro, Galarian Slow King, Malamar, and Galarian Rapidash. An occasional Victini thrown in. Uh, very, very rarely I'd throw I'd see a, an Alolan Raichu, but it was basically those four. All right. Well. I will have my Victini ready to go. I love using <laughs> Victini. Uh, I have. I don't know if I have a Galarian Rapidash build. I bet I do now. I don't know if I had one last go around, uh, but I know it's really good and I'd like to use it. It's definitely the best Pokemon in the cup. It struggles against, well, I was going to say it struggles against the Galarian Slowbro specifically because the Slowbro's got the poison jab and that poison typing that means it isn't uh, weak to Megahorn. But cheeky Galarian Rapidash, it also happens to know high horsepower as a move. So when you're like one of the things that makes it so difficult is you don't know whether to shield the first move because you don't know whether it's going to be a Megahorn or a high horsepower, both of which will be very, very damaging in the right situation. Yeah, so definitely a fun Pokemon. I'm going to have to check my storage in a little bit here, see what I've got. But I like the Psychic Cup. It's a con- I tend to like the condensed metas quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Ch- Gardevoir is still going to be running Charm. Uh, that Magical <laughs> Leaf. No Magical Leaf. Know, no. no Magical Leaf. Not this time. Interesting thought, but definitely you're going to want Charm here. If you hate seeing Bruxish, then maybe... Yeah, if you want to really stick it to Bruxish, <laughs> that could be interesting. That could be a strategy. But you're still bite's gonna still hurt a lot. It will. Yeah, yeah. Um, I ran a team last time of, and this was after the Com Day happened. I ended up using a team for the last couple of days, which was a Lolan Raichu in the lead, and then Malamar and Galarian Slowking. And it has been by far the best team I've ever used in Go Battle League. It did so well for me in just those, you know, three or four days since the Com Day. It did so well for me that I was one of the first people in the world that season to hit Expert. <laughs> I was facing against all sorts of, you know, like I. I was matching up against all sorts of, you know, world champions and uh, former leaderboarders, GBLA competitors, um, regionals, play Pokemon regionals winners, and beating a lot of them. (laughs) So it's, I don't expect to do as well because, you know, for a few reasons, like uh, people's play styles might have changed, the meta's slightly different. Uh, I might have forgotten a little bit about how I I played it. I, I remember with every lead I saw, I would be like, this is exactly what I do. I throw three Volt Switches and then uh, a Thunder Punch and then two more and then catch this move, etc., etc. Um, so I've, I will have forgotten all, a lot of that. I'll have to relearn it all. And I don't know, maybe it'll take too long to to relearn it. Uh, maybe the, the very few Pokemon 
that gave the team too much trouble, maybe they'll become more common, like a Claydol lead, for example. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see how that pans out. All right, so take notes, trainers. See, and let us know if you're going to run that team, run something else. Let us know what you're going to run for Psychic Cup coming up. There's no Claydol. There's no Claydols? Please, no Claydol. <laughs> I'm saying, no please, please, please don't run Claydol and then match up against me. But now it's got Scorching Sands. It's got another <laughs> new move. Another ground type move. So you'd have that over Earth Power, wouldn't you? Yes, you would have that over Earth Power. I cannot, I still can't believe, like, you look at Claydol. Listen to Claydol's charge moves, Fish. Listen. Shadow Ball, Scorching Sands, Ice Beam, Earth Power, Rock Tomb, Earthquake, Gyro Ball, and Psychic. What kind <laughs> of busted, like, what other moves are they going to give to Claydol? They're just going to have to keep inventing it and giving it the new move. Because they're <laughs> running out of, like, <laughs> crazy the good moves to give the Pokemon. Like, if they gave it Mudshot or something, it would be so broken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that would be interesting if they gave it Mudshot. I don't know if that would actually break the Pokemon, but I would like to see it. It would be insane. I mean, you can't fix its stats, but its stats aren't even that bad. It's 2153 stat product. Yeah, anything over, like, anything over 1900 you'd consider bulky. Certainly give Carbink a run for its money. Oh, yeah, like that. <laughs> Car who? <laughs> Car stink. That's what I have to say about that. Um, I'm just looking up one matchup that I think would be very interesting. With Mudshot, uh, Claydor would win the one shields against Alolan Sandslash, which makes it, for me, very, very interesting from a play Pokemon perspective. I don't know. Someone out at Niantic loves Claydol, so it could happen. Don't mm. count it out as a possibility. <laughs> you know, if they gave it much, like it would genuinely be like one of the best Pokemon. <laughs> like um, it would be, well, what's the top of the play Pokemon meta? We've got Metacham. So it's got the Shadow Ball for that and like the typing to to resist everything. Uh, then you got Registeel. It would beat that, you know, double resisting Zap Cannon, single resisting Focus Blast. You've got Lantern. It's hitting that with, uh, you know, the super effective Earth Powers. You got the Alolan Sandslash, which it does beat in the one shields. Looks like it loses the zeros and twos, so that is something a little bit to to worry about. Lickitung, Lickitung would counter would be it. A I think. Problem, yeah. So that would make so Lickitung even more important. Gligar would be an interesting one because it's got the Shadow Ball, so it can hit the Gligar. So I would say it would take like two Shadow Balls to take out a Gligar, um, at least a Shadow Gligar. I don't know if a single Shadow Ball would take a regular Gligar into the yellow. Very interesting. I don't know the Claydol matchups. <laughs> what kind of PvP teacher do you think you are? The one that doesn't know the Claydol matchups. <laughs> oh, right, that one. So, that one. Uh, so, apart from the Psychic Cup, the week of 22nd to the 29th, moving on, we will also have the Open Great League. Open Great League, your top 10 from PV Poke are Metacham, Carbank, Registeel, Lickitung, Shadow and Regular Swampert, Shadow and Regular Gligar, Shadow Polyrath, Steelix, Shadow Machamp, and Chrysalia are your top open great league contenders uh not included in there but like we mentioned our open are popular in play pokemon our pokemon like shadow charizard lantern v shadow venusaur so there are definitely other options for things but that's the top 10 from pv poke so pokemon that you're definitely gonna see around mm. I'm surprised that Shadow Champ and Cresselia are as high up as they are. And in fact, Shadow Polyrath, like, I like Shadow Polyrath. It's a very good Pokemon, and I think it's fun to use. Uh, but I'm surprised to see it in the top 10. Yep. Shadow Polyrath might be more of, like, a Sim hero. Like, it does really okay. well in the Sims, and then maybe not so well in practice. Uh, because it's running power-up punches when it's moved, so... Yeah. Okay. So it's counter, power-up punch, and ice punch. Yeah, that makes sense. Because sometimes Pokemon, like, you look like, oh, it's number one on PV Poke, but that's just because it does really well. Like, Shadow Machamp could be that as well. Like, it's sometimes mm -hmm. Pokemon just do really well simulated, but then in practice mm -hmm. don't tend to perform the same way. 
Next up is the Ultra League and the Sunshine Cup happening from the 29th of September to the 6th of October. The Sunshine Cup is a Great League Cup, normal fire, grass, and ground types allowed with Charizard Band. Rankings for that aren't up yet, but we will be sure to bring that to you as soon as the information comes in. And with that, let's move on to play Pokemon. I got to cast in Pittsburgh. Uh, Caleb Pang was my casting partner. I had a great time kicking off the new season. And we had an extremely versatile top cut in terms of Pokemon. When you take a look at the Pokemon that did the best, our top eight trainers, 21 unique Pokemon. Seven Metacham and seven Lickitung. Like... Two teams didn't have steel, so two teams for like decided or to went. forego for went <laughs> the steel type. And then the thing that was consistent, PV Poke kind of did a little tweet. Each team had a water, a flying, a normal, and a psychic type that had counter because not every team had Metacham. One of them had Defense Deoxys, mm. which was interesting. That was Wadaj, who ended up winning it all. Wadaj is a little unstoppable. <laughs> um, it's pretty good at the video game, I would say. Uh, also, for those counting at home, PV Poke lists three Water Gun Lantern versus two Sparks. So Water Gun is winning. Um, I say Water Gun is the way. In this current meta, Water Gun is the way. I can't argue with that. Um, two O Bud is one of the other casters mentioned during the stream made a really compelling argument i thought over why he thinks this current iteration of the play pokemon meta is the healthiest that he's ever seen and that's because if you look at the top five or six usage pokemon throughout the entire tournament so not just top card the entire tournament you've got metacham redisteel lickitung lantern gligar and azumarill now all of those pokemon have a lot of play into each other. Like we've already said, the Lickitung does really well against like, you know, what's normal week two? Of course, it's fighters, right? But what are the fighters being used? They're Metacham and Deoxys. Lickitung has plenty of play against both of those Pokemon. In It will win the zero shields against the Metacham. I know that much. Um, Registeel and Metacham, that's not a cut and dry matchup, especially if... Like in particular, if the Metacham is running Dynamic Punch, um, you've got the, uh, the the Gligar into Lantern. Like if the Lantern's running Spark, then that's suddenly a dicey matchup because the Gligar's hitting with super effective digs. There's a lot of nice interplay, and it's a really welcome change from what I at least was complaining about for last season, which was the whole triangle, the alignment triangle, you know, matchups came down to aligning your Pokemon against the thing it's meant to counter and avoiding get, having that done to you. <laughs> that is not the case this time, which makes for much, much healthier battles. Completely agree. Lots. I felt like a lot of matchups were less like RPS, rock, paper, scissors. I felt like a lot of things had more play into each other. Mm. We also had just a lot of really fun picks throughout the tournament. Hot Pocket had by far the craziest team with a Saviper, a Mantine, Shadow Charizard, and a Diggersby in addition to the Metacham and Lantern. Mm. Absolutely wild. Um, It was cool to see Gligar have such high usage. Uh, Tap and Hoff, of course, brought Tapu Fini and Shadow Alolan Sandslash as a core. Magic Mason brought a Shadow Alolan Marowak, but I don't think I ever saw it on stream. Like, I don't think he ever used it. I remember seeing it. Yeah. Um, just maybe just once. Because I have, uh, in between editing videos for Gym Breakers, I have been just cramming in um, uh, watching that eight hour stream from day one. I'm still yet to start day two, but. Um, uh, I did see Magic Mason did did bring Alolan Marowak in one particular battle. It's obviously very, very good against the Alolan Sand Slashes that are very popular at the moment, but woe be unto you if you get it locked in against a Lickitung. All right, I'm going to just recap the tournament a little bit here. So Wadaj stayed through the winner's ba- bracket, defeating Nighttime Clasher, and then the winner's fi- fi- final was Wadaj versus Lyle Jeffs. 
a friend of the show over who also works over at BTW. It was heartbreaking. Lyle Jeffs had he had two wins on Wadaj and then missed a call, like missed a bait call and Wadaj won and then reverse swept from there, won the next Oof. three. Uh, knocking Nasty. Lyle Jeffs down to the loser's bracket where he played Hot Pocket. He ended up beating Hot Pocket. So then the grand final was a replay, but uh, Wadaj ended up victorious there because Wadaj was coming in from the winners. So Lyle Jeffs, he didn't trigger a bracket reset, but he would have had to beat Wadaj in two best of fives. Mm-hmm. And that just seems like an impossible task right now. <laughs> Wadaj is kind of in his own little bracket and he said in the interview like he's because he's qualified he's done and he like if he wins more tournaments it doesn't cascade down like the Mm, invite doesn't cascade down anymore and he's like nah i want to have more championship points than anybody else out there so he's Mm going to keep going to tournaments and he's going to keep winning so that's that winning mentality i love it yeah he's to be the best, you got to beat the best. So be ready out there. Study Wadaj's matchups and be ready to beat Wadaj because he is, he's going. I don't think he's going to Peoria though, coming up in North America. <laughs> so that might be a good shot for all of you out there. I will also shout out Lyle because uh, I've, I've said it, he was a guest on this podcast a little while ago and I said it to his face and I'll say it again. Uh, I think he is one of the best in the world, legitimately. Um, And he had a bit of a slow start with his whole play Pokemon career. Like he got, uh, I can't remember exactly, but he got a couple of like one twos and two twos, like didn't really hit the ground running. Now that the boulder is on a roll, I think it's just not going to stop. I predict that Lyle will be one of those people that consistently makes top cut from here and he will be one of those people that we talk about as like, yep, Lyle made it again. Who can stop him? That sounds really good to me. And he did walk away at second place with a bunch of championship points. Mm-hmm. So he's already well on his way towards a world qualification. Absolutely. Uh, this weekend, we have the Barcelona special event, which I am so excited that the European casts are now part of the part of the official streams. So they'll be broadcast on the official channels and play Pokemon, you know, release the information and release the casters the same way that the North American ones do. So it's kind of like all together now, all joint one big happy family. Our go casters are Amanda Lundberger, Lou the Pikachu, um, also known as Lou Akos Chromi, then Martine, also known as Anatoquence, and Lettern Koenig are our go casters for the weekend. So very much looking forward to that in Barcelona this weekend. This event sold out in about an hour, so it's definitely going to be packed, and I'm looking forward to see how the Europeans take on this new Adventures Abound meta. Coming up, we have Curitiba in what country? Brazil. Brazil. Curitiba in Brazil. Peoria in... Illinois. United States. <laughs> and Sacramento, California. I know that one. California, uh, <laughs> USA, yes. Yes, is happening October the 13th to 15th. All right. And with that, we have our mailbag. We have three messages. I will go with the first one with Carter Sun. Carter Sun is going to write a little bit about like OCIC being uh, off the calendar this year, which is a big bummer. All right. Carter Sun writes Evening, DeFi and Fish. Apologies, I'm going to preface this email with a sorry for the long email, as I'm not sure where I'm going with it. That's okay. Firstly, thank you for responding last year to my email about playing at regionals and ICs, as I really had a great time, and unfortunately for my hip pocket, got my son into Pokemon TCG. Oh, (laughs) Oh, no. no. That's an expensive game. Uh, I was really looking forward to another IC this coming year and was very bummed when I saw the post, but at least we still get a regional uh, parental gripe part over. Yes, it is definitely a bummer that OCIC is off the calendar. Uh, My real concern that I want to email in is the lack of Go local play in our region, Australia. 
I've been watching the play Pokemon site since they announced mid-competitive that Go would be moving across and saw nothing. There still isn't. So I looked up and applied and passed on my second attempt, the organizer exam. What feels like a few months later, the last of the compliance paperwork finally passed this week, and I got accepted officially as a beginner TO. But there appears to be no pathway for organizing Go leagues without first going through TCG organizing first. I understand Go is new, but the TCG community here already exists, and not every TL will want to cross skill, leaving me to worry that if someone wants to get their local community supported from scratch, we could well be into the next competitive season before there are Go-sufficient accredited TOs and judges to support our region, meaning we may be quite underrepresented for a few seasons to come. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, particularly as Fish would have an even harder time with his hometown being smaller than mine. Sorry for the long e-fail and DeFi. Sorry, not sorry. And then he says the thing. Carter son. <laughs> you can read it out when someone else sends it in. It's just rude not to, DeFi. That's fair. He says never <laughs> in your favor and he spells favor like a British. <laughs> That's the King's English. The King's English. <laughs> um, so yeah, Carter-san is someone I know really well. He was actually in the uh, Pallet Town APAC faction when that was going. Uh, he is a Melbourne local, and Melbourne, as far as I'm aware, has the most healthy Pokemon Go grassroots scene out of Australia. Sydney might be a contender as well, but uh, he, yeah, he's, he's right that, like, out of anywhere, he's probably got the best chance of being able to attend a few local play Pokemon tournaments. The fact that Australia doesn't actually have the ability to host them yet is a bit of a concern for me because I would have liked to... like at, As it stands at the moment, I was doing the calculations. I, f- I feel like there are three regional championships announced in Australia... And I feel like I really have to travel to all three of them to give myself a reasonable shot at winning. Like if I go to all three, I at least, as long as I at least top eight in all three, then I'll get the points that I need. If I only went to two, then I think I'd have to come at least second (laughs) in both of them or something like that. And if I'm coming at least second, then chances are I'm getting the first place that, you know, auto qualifies me anyway. It would be nice to top it up with local tournaments. Um, as far as as far as having people to run the games, it is amazing that you're taking matters into your own hands, and that's kind of kind of a lot of kind of the unstated part of what I've been looking to do at Pallet Town is self empower people, like help allow people to feel self empowered to like grow the community themselves, if that makes sense. Um, So I'm really happy to hear that Carter-son is taking matters into his own hands to do that. I think, I'm not entirely sure, but I think that people who are already accredited to run TCG and VGC games only have to just do a couple of little modules to be able to add Go to their roster. Um, They don't have to, like, retake a whole test and get the the background checks and everything. So that might make it easy once local tournaments do come into play finally. It might make it a little bit easier for that to get off the ground. But um, the fact that you're in Melbourne, I think that's, um, that's the first point and a very important point in your favor when it comes to getting the scene going. Then it's just time, really. Just build it up over time. And again, just to tag on, so again, the league challenges, the cups, those are, it says for the beginning of the 2024 season, Pokemon Go challenges and cups are only available to players in the North America region, but it says only for the beginning. Players in other Mm. rating zones should stay tuned for more information on whether these events um, will become available in their local area. So we can hope you can submit support tickets, you can find the people to email like make noise that you want to have these in your area. Yeah. And I agree, Fish. I'm fairly positive there is very little if a shop a game shop can run the TCG challenge tournaments and cups, they can run go ones. Um just not just only in North America for now. But mm. once it becomes more open, like all you need is that ability to run like the TCG. 
which many, many, many shops do. So I guess just hit them up and say, hey, uh, would you be interested in going? Like, and I, I don't know exactly if it works this way, but if you, you know, offered your services, like, hey, I can, I can, you know, do all the organizing for you for the go portion. I'll bring players in. Just give me the space. Maybe, maybe that could work as well. Yep, I would definitely be in communication with your local game shops, with local communities who are other people who are looking to TO. I'm not an expert on the cups. Yeah. There's actually there's none in my area. Like I'm in I'm in North America, but there's none by me. So mm-hmm. I am definitely not an expert in this portion <laughs> of it. I just know it makes it a lot easier to get a world's qualification because for like the league challenges, you get like 30 points for a first place placement. And for North America, you need 500 points to mm. um you need 500 points to get your world's qualification. So Every little bit, if you do a few of those, every little bit counts. For a cup, you get 50 points for winning. And for a challenge, you get 15 points for winning. So if you win a cup, then that's one, like 10% of the way there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And there are none in my area. (laughs) Time. In time. Hopefully in time. They're all for the cards. (laughs) We have three <laughs> for the cards in September. And it's it makes sense for a card shop owner <laughs> to want to run the card game. Yep. Um, that, that, that's easily the biggest money spinner. So, like, that'll make the most money for the people running the tournament and also, and also the Pokemon company. Like, <laughs> I feel like the, the TCG is the biggest darling when it comes to that. So, thank you, Carter-san, for writing in. The next email comes from, I'm going to pronounce it Mr. K510U. Hopefully that's right. Who says, Hi, all. I love listening to your show. I have a question about how to take your PvPing to the next level. Each season, I race out to level 20 pretty quickly and then hit a wall. I can't seem to get over the hump. I have a ton of high-ranked, fully-built, meta-relevant Pokemon, but get destroyed at the higher levels. What is your best advice you could give someone to get over that final hump? What key strategy am I missing? Thanks again, Mr. K510. Well, practice, obviously. <laughs> like, just keep working at it. But I would say one thing that is really important is just knowing your team really well and knowing exactly what your team does and what it needs. So, for example, the team that I'm running in the Ultra League right now, that Dragonite, Tapufini, and Jellicent, Like, I don't switch between other teams. Like, when I'm playing a team, I only play that team for, like, a week. And I figure out, okay, if I see this lead, this is what I need to swap to. If if they stay in, this is what I do. Uh, This is when when I should swap. Do I try to catch a move? Like, really just repetition with the same team kind of over and over and over. I know a lot of people get frustrated because they, you know, try a different team every day, but then you're not getting as much consistent knowledge. I think consistency is key when you're trying to climb. Yeah, that's something Lyle Jeffs has been on my case about for a bit because uh, he he knows that when I have a bunch of losses in a row, I, I try and adjust my team to plug the holes that... Uh, that I keep getting exploded by, <laughs> but he's like, dude, you would be doing so much better at GBL if you just stuck to the freaking team. Uh, it freaking's not really. He says, dude, you would be doing so much better at GBL if you just stuck to the team. And uh, I've I've got a little bit of evidence of that now. Like like I mentioned, I I lost a hundred points yesterday running this team. I haven't changed it, and I've started today with a four one. So I don't know. Maybe I I might you know regain all those points that I lost just because I stuck with the team. So I hope that helps, Mr. K510U. <laughs> it's hard though. Like it's it's there's there's so much. There's so much that could go into it. <laughs> um like I, I, I would I would have to like watch someone battling to really get a sense of what they could do to improve. My my thing is always I uh, just tell people get involved in the conversation because you you pick up all the nuance. Like we, we give these rules of like, you need low attack uh, IVs and high defense and HP. But then there's all these situations where that's not necessarily the case. Um, then like we say, 
Swampert beats this Pokemon, but then there's all these other situations where that can be reversed. Like there's so much nuance in the game, and that's that's why I say getting involved in the conversation. That's the easiest and most efficient way to learn all the little nuances. Yep. So having somebody watch your battles and talk to you about it, or just playing back your own battles and seeing if you can find out like where you went wrong. Those are also really, really good things. And that's Mm. something that helped me a lot in my initial journey as a battler. So we have one more question, and this one comes from the GoCast Discord server. If you are a patron of the GoCast Discord server, we now have a channel which is called PVP Questions. And that's been put there specifically so that members can ask questions that will get put on the show this one in particular comes from triptando DeFi. all right and triptando reads on the podcast i heard you say that you think there's a way to nerf metacham to be less meta defining i wonder what exact ideas you have to do so well triptando i am not a meta analysis expert however <laughs> i believe that changing counter would have too many big ripple effects across the board. And they already brought Psychic down a little bit. Like, I don't think they're going to do that. If you bring down Ice Punch, you're just going to see, like, Power Up Punch, Psychic, <laughs> um, Metacham. Like, I don't think the thing is in changing Metacham. I think the way that you nerf Metacham is to change what's around it. For example, Lickitung got a lot better this season. But nothing happened to Lickitung. It was what happened around the meta. So ways to nerf Metacham would be make its counters the things that you want that Metacham is looking to target. Get those out of there. And then like kind of remove those from the meta so Metacham doesn't have as many targets. And then make the things that are good against Metacham uh, make those more powerful, make it less desirable to use Metacham. I agree with you. That is the easiest way to nerf Metacham. My only hesitation there is buffing things constantly leads to something that in the gaming community we refer to as power creep where mm-hmm. uh, things get, yeah, yeah. I know you're fully aware of it. Um, for those who don't know, Power creep is uh, a concept where, uh, like a a game company will bring out new features that are slowly more and more powerful than the previous ones. Because you know, let's face it, if a, a new feature is brought out into a game and it's less powerful than what's already there, then where's the excitement, right? So they keep trying to outdo themselves, and that leads to things just having to get bigger and better in order to keep up. And so, for example, like in Pokemon Go, it, it is already happening. Like now, nowadays, a move that costs 50 energy to throw is pretty bad. <laughs> like there's, there's really not that many moves that are 50 energy and above that are viable. The only way that a high energy move, and we do consider 50 and above to be high energy, the only way a high energy move can be viable is if it's also paired with a very low energy move to bait out the shields right um and that that's uh, an effect of power creep already happening that's the only difficulty i see with buffing metachamp's counters the other thing i want to address is uh, i've seen a few people say that well you can't nerf counter i don't buy that counters like the one move in the game that's untouchable because of the ripple effects. Maybe, maybe we nerf counter and then, you know, it has these unintended bad side effects um, that, 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 you know, cause a bad effect in the meta. So then we just adjust the season after that. Um, We can, you know, buff other fighting moves, make low kick better, make, you know, karate chop better, you know, buff its power uh, just to be able to give other fighters a bit more of a chance. Um, I think that, like, we, we, we acknowledge that we can't touch Metacham's stats and we can't touch its typing, which are its two, like, biggest weapons. Uh, so we have to, I think we have to just go for the next best thing, which is counter. It would be tough. Like, that's... I think 
don't know, man. Yeah. That's a lot of Pokemon. That's a lot like you're talking yeah. Obstagoon, Surfetched, Machamp, Polyrath, mm-hmm. Defense Deoxys, um, Hitmontop, Vigoroth, Scrafty. Like that's that's a lot of Pokemon. Toxicroak. For sure. Yeah, yeah, and Rhyming, I agree. <laughs> like there's there's Blaziken. Like there's so many Pokemon. Pseudo Wudo, Heracross. Like there's just so many Pokemon that use counter. All right, but you're uh, also getting into a lot of Pokemon that I'd never get use anyway. In limited metas, they do. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's that's still a lot. That's a For lot sure. of Pokemon that have that move as their primary fast move. Like the yeah. fast move, their reliable primary fast move. I just think it would it would upset the apple cart a little too much. I, to I agree with you that it would upset the apple cart a lot. I well, the only place I disagree with you is that that's a bad thing. Um, I think uh, we like we we get a lot of people within the community who who, are, who cry out for change a lot. I think those people need to get comfortable with things really changing like nerfing mudshot nerfing counter nerfing shadow claw like i i think i i don't think we should hold those above the nerf hammer uh they they need to be held accountable i guess for what they're doing to the meta and then like i said if there is a an uh if there is an ill consequence of any nerfs that we make then we can always readjust the next time so what I would need to see to be convinced is I would need to see like an approximation of what would happen if counter did one less damage mm. or what if counter was suddenly a three turn move or what if counter, you know, like cha- tweak some stuff. And then I would want to see what would that would do, at least to the simulations. Yeah, like, sure. What would that I would if I saw that and it wasn't like all steel types are now busted, um, like Registeel is now unstoppable. or you know like it i'm afraid it would create something that would now be a different meta defining pokemon where metacham is meta defining but it's not unstoppable like you can beat metacham like my fear with nerfing something like counter is now you're gonna make steelix or you're gonna make registeel like you're gonna make something that metacham is going after like untouchable which is Terrifying. which so yeah so you're saying is like better the devil you know kind of thing yeah um or like, like i know like metacham is very like do like you can beat metacham mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like i know it i know this pokemon i know i know it's beatable i'm worried that like yeah um, like now you, now you've made Swampert way too good or you've made registeel way too good like something like one of metacham's targets is now the nature of the game means that there's probably never going to be a time where there's just perfect balance and harmony. There's no Thanos. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's no Thanos state where just everything's in perfect balance. There's always going to be something rising to the top, and then that's the benefit of introducing new moves and rebalances every three months. Is that it doesn't, in theory, it doesn't get stale it allows us to make changes that are required with the assumption that whoever is making the decisions of what changes to make is on top of you know the effects and and the current state of the meta of course okay so yeah so what if we make a big change like that for counter and then we get another boom burst update so then we get like this awful meta for six months that's what that's that's why i'm more in favor of smaller adjustments because then like what if we get stuck with it well, I mean, so you wouldn't consider dropping counter one damage a uh, small update? It could be. We'd ha- Again, I'd have to see... You'd have to see the numbers. I'd have to see the numbers play out. Oh, and I'll just throw it out there. Um, just, the, like, we've talked about stuff that could realistically happen in the foreseeable future, but there's also, you know, pie-in-the-sky stuff that could be, like, introducing abilities and status effects can uh, make wholesale changes to the meta suddenly you know if if metacham's the only pokemon that misses out on a a really good ability (laughs) then suddenly that becomes less viable as well um yeah like there's other changes to like the mechanics of the game that maybe we'll see 
one day in a, in the distant future that could have an effect on Metacham as well. Agreed. Well, Triptando, I don't think any of that was like a specific exact <laughs> idea like you were looking for, more generalized. But I'm not the meta developer. So I have yeah. those are more they're more generalized ideas. But hopefully somebody out there who's better at the numbers, better at the simulations than I am is thinking about all this. But those are my those are my initial thoughts. TLDR nerf encounter scares me a little bit. <laughs> I'm open to it, but it yeah, scares me. A it little scares bit. me. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's like me with my vaccinations. <laughs> it's good for me, but it scares me. That's fair. That's, that's a fair way to feel. All right, achievements. So we love doing our shout outs. Fish, can you please shout out our uh, Pallet Town and Go Cast achievements? So in the Pallet Town PvP Discord server, congratulations to Green T16 who hit Ace uh, last season. Posted it kind of after we did our episode for that week so uh giving them their due congratulations now and also has already hit ace for this season so well done uh bunny man has hit level 50 and dark wraith has hit level 49 well done to both of those two and s regatuelo has hit ace in the go cast server now draffichu who we have talked about on this podcast before draffichu posted a picture of them going 44 wins out of 50 battles which is an excellent win rate um i <laughs> i'm mentioning that with an asterisk because i guarantee that's so much more now <laughs> but uh we also have lachlan and anna vinway got their first page of the seasonal research complete and mr east coasting hit ace for their quickest time ever so well done to all those people and to close out we love hearing your feedback if you have any suggestions for myself or DeFi, you can direct that to pvp corner at gocastpodcast.com you can also send us a voicemail or physical mail to the GoCast PO box. Take a look at the show description for the phone number and the PO box address. In the show description, you can also click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And may the leads be in your favor. It's just too cheesy. <laughs>